Welcome to the Mayor Minutes Podcast. I'm Joanna Mouton, Mayor of Wyzetta, Minnesota, and your host. Tune in each month as we get to the heart and soul of the people who serve the city and the community. Today, I want to welcome back City Manager Jeff Dahl to the podcast. Jeff has been with us probably about a year ago, um, but today we're here to talk about uh, all of the things we've accomplished in 2023 and what's ahead for 2024. So Jeff, welcome back. Thank you, Mayor, for having me. I appreciate that. Thanks for the invite. Um, I really think it's great that you're you're doing this along with our staff, a different way to engage the community, which is exciting. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we have a lot to talk about. Um, but first, you know, in 2023, the city of Wyzetta continued to positively evolve with the community it serves. You know, we always consider ourselves to be a small and charming lakeside community, and the council has continued to maintain that goal. Um, but our operations have evolved. Our services have evolved to keep pace with surrounding communities and the needs of the community as well. Uh, so our goal, um, in addition to trying to maintain that charm um, and that small town feel, we also recognized that we needed to have um, some changes and um, to continue to expand and improve upon those services, making them robust, and most importantly, <coughs> operate at the highest level possible, um, not only for our staff, um, but for the community members as well. So we've put together, you know, a comprehensive report um, of the previous year. So I'd like to um, begin by talking about that. You know, we're going to take a look at all of the wonderful things that uh, the um, Wyzetta City Hall staff has accomplished. Um, and that is definitely in collaboration with input from the council, our different boards and commissions, and our community members as well. Right. So let's talk a little bit about some of those initiatives. Um, and from your perspective, Jeff, what are you most proud of um, from 2023? Mayor, that's a great question. Um, and of course, you know me, I'm probably not going to just give you the most simple and straight answer. Uh I feel like there's a couple things worth mentioning. Um, you know, I think a lot of times when folks look at the community, what we've accomplished, they look at the tangible, what can they see? And we have a lot of good examples of that just in the past year. Um, you know, talking about the Ferndale sidewalk connection that we, um, we accomplished in the, in the, uh, fall of this year, just really, um, bridging a gap, uh, between, uh, Wyzetta Boulevard and Lake Street, which was really significant in our trail uh, master plan. Uh, of course, the gorilla room is Panaway. There is so much work done on Panaway um, for folks that go out to the lake. You know, it's cold right now, but you can see the progress out on the lake. And that didn't just happen. Most of the construction happened over the course of 2023. There was a lot that went into that just in 23 alone to make that happen. The council had to make, you know, difficult decisions, yeah. a lot of work with the railroad, um, permitting and let alone all the construction dealing with different types of weather and, and seasonality of the entire, uh, throughout the year. So, um, to me, those stand out as the physical projects that we're really, um, I think we really should be proud of. On the other side, this organization does a lot that a lot of, a lot of folks probably wouldn't even be aware of. 
And a lot of it gets to just providing core services that we do really well. Uh, but there's people that are involved that are, are, you know, leading those efforts. And unlike, I think a lot of other organizations, both on the public side and the private side, we've been able to retain and attract really good um, employees, really good team members. Uh, we haven't lost a lot of them like, you know, a lot of organizations have. Uh, they're award winning. Yeah. You know, a lot of them have, have, whether it's certifications, training, or actual awards from their peers or from the state. Uh, so I'm really proud of just the, the quality and just the, the, the character of the employees that we have. And that's all led by the council and creating a good, good working environment. So, um, I'm really proud of that. Yeah. Well, as you should be. And, you know, the, we talk about, you know, direction from the council. Most of that comes from input we get from the community. Right. And we have always um, touted ourselves as being a walkable community. And we've also identified areas that are less than desirable in terms of walkability. And Ferndale Road was one of those. Right? Right. It's directly adjacent to uh, some neighborhoods. Uh, there are paths um, or trails, I should say, um, that are through three rivers that people try to use. And so that connection was a really important one and is one that we explored as a council many years ago. But for different reasons, um, it didn't move forward at that time. Right. And there were a lot of logistics involved. But we were able to get it done. And we were able to get it done through TIF dollars. Mm -hmm. And so there, there was no increase to the levy or through CIP projects or funding. Right. So it was really an important um, part of our mission, which is to continue to create those um, those connections for folks and maintain the highest level of safety for everyone as well. And it turned out really, really great. So right. um, I have to agree with you that that's a big project. And Panaway, I mean, that is a massive, massive project. Uh, you know, I've been on the council now for nine years, going on my 10th year, or actually I've started my 10th year. We started really kind of digging into Panaway my first year on the council. So 10 years. And here we are, um, massive, massive um, accomplishments in 23, finishing touches now in 24, right. which yeah. is great. Um, and so that is something that, as you mentioned, uh, we can see the physical manifestation of all of that work, which is amazing. What we don't see, as you mentioned, the permitting process, just because we're a government organization doesn't mean that we are immune to going through uh, permitting through all of the different um, agencies, DNR and LMCD and all of these different groups. And, and you so, were in those some of those meetings that they weren't easy or or they don't uh, take it any short. <laughs> yeah. We maybe have higher scrutiny, right? And right. And, and that's the way it should be. Yeah. We hold ourselves to the highest standard and so do others. Right? And so um it is a, a tremendous amount of work behind the scenes to get to where we are, including the funding aspects mm -hmm. for these projects. Right. Um, the supply chain issues, um, picking materials, uh, same thing that people deal with when they're remodeling or building a house, right? We have to do those same things. 
but we also do it with public engagement in mind. So that was another very big component to get to where we are today. Right. And then, as you mentioned, the staff. I mean, the the number of accolades and awards, be it from community or professional organizations, really is a testament to also the environment that you provide here at City Hall. Um, So, you know, hats off to everybody for for providing that highest level of service that we have come to ask for as a council, but also come to expect as a community and uh, making it best in class. Amen. Amen. Appreciate that. (laughs) And the the great thing about our staff is that we're, we've accomplished a lot. We, you know, we're really um, privileged and thankful to work in this organization, but we're, we always want to strive for more and, and, and obtain that level of excellence. We know that we're just not going to rest on our laurels. So um, I look for even more, uh, more accomplishments next year or this coming year. Yeah. And with that, I mean, come, uh, we have enterprises, mm-hmm. right? So we have public-facing uh, enterprises, our Wyzetta Wine and Spirits and the Wyzetta Bar and Grill. And we are also continuing to push to evolve and remain relevant and, most importantly, profitable, right? And so those are all really big um, efforts as well right. um, by staff. So... We have all of these things in motion in 23. What did you see in 23 that was so much more different than 22? Where, what kind of shifts in service or projects or staffing or anything for that matter? What were, what do you think were the biggest differences between 22 and 23? Oh, great question. I, you know, I think it kind of, what I'm going to bring up kind of manifested manifested itself through the budget process. And as we came out of COVID, um, we really saw inflation really take a toll. Um, Wyzetta really, I think, did quite well during COVID just as a community. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we have such great public spaces. We have the lake. Um, We're a safe community. And I think people really appreciated that even more so uh, during COVID. So um, last year, especially, we had both, you know, the higher expectation, more services that needed to be provided. And meanwhile, our expectations of our great residents continue to go up, I would say. Sure. That coupled with um, really high inflation. Yeah. So what does that mean? That the services are, are needed and they're needed more so and the cost of them are increasing. So what's that balance of really um, meeting the residents and and, and um, meeting their expectations and hopefully going above their expectations for a level of service, but also not overly burdening, burdening them from a tax perspective? And that's really our primary um, way of paying for services is through property taxes. Absolutely. So that's been a tough balance. And as you know, Mayor, going through the budget process, balancing – you know, increasing taxes without really burdening our our property owners. And that's why we're, as we move forward, looking at other ways to bring in revenue that really aren't as burdening to our property owners. Absolutely. Uh, last numbers that I remember seeing, we had about 75 full-time employees. Around there, yeah. And about 100 part-time and seasonal. And we, as you mentioned, we felt 
the inflationary pressures as well, both cost of utilities, um, cost of materials, um, because we buy quite a few materials, you know, in our day to day to keep things up, be it for roads or sidewalks or running our enterprises, um, cost of insurance, like for everybody else. So everything that everybody felt at home, we were feeling here as well. Absolutely. And, you know, as you mentioned, that comes through property taxes. And even though we've always strived to keep things below, you know, maybe what even some of our neighbors are levying, um, you know, at the end of the day, we we want to maintain that highest level of service. Right. And, um, and that comes with a financial cost to it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, uh, in the next year or two, kind of if things level off, it seems like maybe it is a little, I think so. Yeah. Um, but you know, we, uh, we're definitely, I know staff and, and council are very cognizant of those inflationary pressures and, Making sure that we're thinking about that as we right. move forward, as we budget, um, in a very long budget cycle. I mean, yeah. I think we spend what about six months. It's yeah, a half a year or more for sure. Absolutely, yeah. So it's not a fly by the seat of your pants kind of no, process. No. It is very long and intentional. And um, tough conversations because you know we can't we can't have it all, and we have to be very mindful of our, our residents. Absolutely. You talked a little bit about services and how things have shifted a little bit from 22 to 23. One of those was increased police. Right. And so that was something that was very important. You know, an expectation of our community um, is that we maintain that high level of public safety right. and expertise um, and so we hired some more police officers and we implemented some new tools as well, something that was new within the city limits. So that's something, you know, I personally am also really yeah. proud of in, in that it was a little bit of a departure from what we initially expected in 22. Um, I think we had budgeted for the the police officers, but, you know, it was really important to get back, to get to the staffing levels that our police department said that they needed and our community expected. Right. Um, and then those um, those tools, too, and the grants. I think we we applied for and received more grants in 23 than we probably ever have. Hundreds of thousands of dollars, some of which paid for some of our public safety initiatives and, and the additional police that you just mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any other departments you can think of where we had some some pretty big shifts in how we operate or how we look at things? Well, just adding on to the police, um, I think it was over four thousand traffic tickets or or citations that they issued, and you know, you could you could kind of think of it one way and say, well, that's a that's double what we normally would. So, what's the issue? The reality is that we just had more presence out there, and our our police department, along with our community, we when people come to Wyzetta, we expect them to follow the rules. Absolutely. So, setting that press that presence. And that expectation was really necessary, especially during the summer months when it's really busy here. Yeah. Um, so I look at that as a positive, and uh, and I do think we had overall. I don't know, you know, you, unfortunately for you, Mayor, you you're the one that gets all the uh, uh, or, or most of the calls where people are very incensed about you know what's happening in front of their street mm-hmm. or the, for the doorstep, which is completely appropriate. 
Uh, but I think there were less last year um, and, and quite few just because of that additional police presence that we had. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I just want to hats off to the chief and right. deputy chief for exploring, you know, how do we make policing different? How do we continue to innovate, which is another area that in our strategic plan, council and staff, right. where the council really encouraged innovation. You know, how can we be doing things differently um, to achieve the objectives? And so, you know, putting in some of the cameras around town and the technology piece, I think, you know, according to the chief, you know, drastic shift in policing right. for the better. Yeah. So that's fantastic. Now, you talked a little bit about um, the Ferndale sidewalk, and we talked about walkability. Can you talk a little bit more about that and where you've seen the biggest changes in terms of walkability around town and kind of where we are today, but also kind of what are we looking at in the future? Yeah, you know, it's it's part of what makes Wyzetta special and, and keeping that small town charm and feeling is just the ability to go from your door and walk to the coffee shop or the grocery store or whatever. Um, and thanks to the planning that the council and other, and our other boards and commissions have done, we've, we've got pretty robust plans that show gaps and, and, and projects that we can move forward with to, um, close those gaps and to make it a lot more walkable. So in addition to Ferndale, for example, all of Panaway is really, um, in addition to better, uh, um, you know, taking advantage of the lake, our greatest asset is really to provide for a walking loop and to get people out walking around rather than right on the street. So, um, once that's, once the lake walk is finished, that'll be a, a nice, great, you know, over half mile loop for people to walk around on Lake Minnetonka, which is really special. That's amazing. Uh, in addition to that, um, there's a lot of, like I mentioned, there's a lot of planning involved. And last year, um, our community development department, Emily Gilner, um, community development director, Emily Gilner, uh, really led a process that put together um, future, you know, ideal uh, transit opportunities and safety improvements because why is it a boulevard is a very busy corridor as well as like what does land use look like uh, along that corridor down the road. Um, that all takes a lot of people in, you know, both community members, members of our, the appropriate commi committees, boards, commissions, and the council, as well as consultants that will, you know, utilize their expertise uh, in order to get to a, a really nice um, foundation that really can help guide the community. So that whole process takes a lot. It took about a, a year and a half, but I think it was in the fall. Mm -hmm. uh, the council considered a Wyzetta corridor, uh, was it a boulevard corridor plan that really laid out future both transit improvements and future land use um, that really is catered just specifically to why is it a boulevard? But there's been a lot of effort, you know, put on Lake Street over the years and rightfully so. Um, but there's a lot of, a lot of opportunity to make why is it a boulevard not only safer, not only easier to travel through, but also more pedestrian friendly and really connect to kind of Lake street and downtown Wyzetta. But that all takes like, you know, time, money, 
uh, a plan and we have that now so we can strive to you know start building it out which is exciting it is and it's necessary because of all of the different components and how yes. different Wise Boulevard is from east to west. Right. We have residential, we have institutional land or parks, right, that are city owned. We have uh, a transit corridor, right, a metro transit park and ride, yeah, park and ride. to consider. Uh, we have churches, we have shopping, we have all kinds of services schools. along the way, yeah. schools as well. That's a really good point. And we don't own it. We don't own the dirt right? Right. Um, from well, most of it. Anyway. Yeah. There's a big part that belongs to the county and they're responsible for. Right. Um, and so we can't just summarily make those changes without a lot of collaboration and partnership uh, with um, Hennepin County, for example, uh, with Metro Transit on their space and obviously from input from the community members, from the business owners, the landowners, because this is a plan. How long are we looking at? 20, 30 years into the future? Exactly. This isn't something over the course of a year that we're looking to change. Right. This is going to be a very long, um, thoughtful process. So it's not to say it may not still continue to evolve um, as the environment changes or circumstances may dictate, but I think it's a really good step uh, rather than addressing it piecemeal um, as development applications come forward, understanding what do we want that to be. Right. So, yeah, yeah. a lot of work there. A lot of work. And a, and a good example of why a plan is necessary is, you know, there's a couple of gaps in Wyzetta Boulevard around, you know, as you go east towards Highway 12 around, you know, Holiday and some of those retail locations. I think it's a good question by our residents to to ask why don't why is it why doesn't the city just fill those gaps and you know work with the property owners to put in a sidewalk? Well, the answer is that costs a lot of money, and yeah. is it a smart financial decision for the city to do that now, or wait a couple of years when it can be done? You know, in perspective to a grander plan, to, so we make sure it's done right long into the future with a funding partner of Hennepin County, and all that needs to be collaborated and coordinated together so and budgeted and budgeted and that takes you know years right five to ten years sometimes yeah because the stretch of the ferndale sidewalk which is a small stretch compared to wyzetta boulevard was five hundred fifty thousand. that's exactly right yeah yeah so for perspective and then we're also looking to make safety improvements so not just the walkability component but turning uh lanes and and whatnot on Wyzetta Boulevard itself. Um, So to put in a sidewalk that might have to get ripped up in a couple years time or five years time uh, seems wasteful. So we want to make sure that we're thinking about all of these different moving parts um, and how to implement them efficiently. And a $500,000 project, it may not seem like a lot, but that's essentially 10% of our levy, a little less. And that's so for folks at home, 10% of your city taxes would go to that. That's a significant amount. It's very big. That's right. So we talked a little bit, some of the initiatives to make Wyzetta more walkable in 2023. Let's talk a little bit about, we had a lot of other projects <clears throat> and, and milestones along the year. Uh, solar panel installation. Uh, 
So can you talk a little bit about that and some of the other initiatives that um, people may or may not know about? Yeah, happy to. Uh, really proud of uh, what we accomplished last year in all different types of departments and, and um, initiatives. You mentioned the solar panel initiative. That was a project that, again, get back to planning, was in the works by our Energy and Environment Committee for several years. And like everything else, it takes a lot of time to kind of understand uh, the details of what should be done, get the consent of the council, and then put it in a plan. Uh, in this case, it wasn't something we necessarily have had to raise money for because the great thing about solar is that it saves money. And over time, uh, all the solar on the city facilities that will will be installed uh, from last year up till uh, you know spring of this year uh, will save the city around eight hundred thousand dollars, and that's real dollars. It's not future, so it's it's actually more than that. But in today's dollars, it's eight hundred thousand um, dollars. We like that, right? We do that. <laughs> that uh, it saves money. It it reduces our ta- overall tax burden. And of course, it's the right thing to do because that means um, with the amount of solar that we've added, at least a third of all of our energy that we we consume is going to be renewable energy. I think there's probably still more we can do in the future, but that's a good start. Uh, certainly, we're, we're putting a pretty big dent in getting to the ultimate goal of more renewable energy. Sure. Uh, and it's saving money at the same time. So. Uh, that's really something that we're, we're all proud of and kudos to the Energy Environment Committee uh, for really shepherding that. All volunteers. All volunteers. Who were very passionate about it. And we've installed the solar panels at City Hall, Public Works, and at the Muni mm. Operations. Right. So the bar and grill and restaurant. So And the library, too. And the library. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a few more kind of feathers in our cap, um, so to speak. We, you mentioned the Panway Lake Walk construction. Right. Uh, we talked about traffic safety. One of the grants, uh, we didn't talk about this when I initially brought up traffic safety. Um, was that a state or federal grant for our traffic enforcement officer that basically pays her salary? That's a great question, Madam Mayor. Yeah. I think it's, it's a federal grant, but I'd have to I, double check. Okay. It's a grant nonetheless. Yeah. Um, and that pays her salary. Um, and we report on her initiatives and her successes um, along the way. So this is the second year we've received the grant for right. that, correct? Yep. Yeah. Um, and she's really taken it, you know, uh, committed to it. And it's kind of cool for our officers to have different kind of uh, focus areas. You know, we have the school resource officer, we have a traffic officer, we have um, ones that are focused with their canine um, rigs, who's our, um, our, uh, our apprehension dog. Apprehension dog. And then we have Loki, who is our search and rescue dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we have the chief and deputy chief Baker have created these kind of areas where officers can focus, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's fantastic. And we still have a bike patrol. Right, yeah. Uh, and then uh, our investigator, mm-hmm. chief investigator, I don't know if he has any additional personnel. He's a de- he's a detective and a sergeant too, yes. so he's got both hats. He's busy. He's great. Busy, busy. Um, yeah, so that's absolutely fantastic. And we patrol 
not only Wyzetta, obviously, <laughs> but we have a partnership with the city of Long Lake. So we support them, right. provide police services to them as well. Now, uh, one of the things that is always top of mind for the council is how we're doing operationally in terms of our enterprises. So wine and spirits and the bar and grill, um, because those profits effectively lower our levy every year because we put those profits back into special projects um, and reduces the tax burden on our residents. Can you talk a little bit about how, what the changes were in 2023 to those profits and what we can look forward to in 24? Yeah, the uh, great year in 2023. Uh, and as I mentioned before, I alluded to COVID. Uh, we're really kind of returning to um, I wouldn't call it a new norm or I wouldn't call it a norm, the, you know, how it was before it's a new norm. Um, really with coming out of COVID, um, we saw profits with our liquor store, uh, go up considerably because a lot of people were consuming at home versus going out. Sure. Uh, and that's, that shifted significantly. So, uh, kudos to our general manager, Kevin Castellano and our wine and spirits working with, uh, a consultant last year, they really um, put together a plan that would, despite potentially declining sales or just less traffic is probably a better way of saying that yeah. just because uh, habits are changing. Uh, how do we maximize uh, profits and make sure that they're, that we're still retaining folks and people still know about our, our great liquor store and our customer service. So they uh, instituted, they pulled a few levers to um, increase profits despite, you know, the sales not increasing at the same rate. Um, so that was really impressive, impressive. Our profits in that specific enterprise, wine and spirits went up around 50%, which is huge. That's massive. Um, in our, in our bar and grill, uh, you know, COVID was tough, mm -hmm. uh, but they really have returned um, even better than how it was before. Um, sales are at an all-time high. Now, you know, you can kind of disclose that if they should be with inflation, mm -hmm. uh, but they're, they're going at it. They're increasing at a rate higher than inflation. And what's been really impressive is that the profit margin has increased significantly despite, you know, variables that we don't have much control over, which is, you know, labor and cost of food, um, our profits and our ability to bring people into the store uh, has only um, increased. So a great year for the Barn Grill as well. They didn't see as high of an increase in profit percentage um, than uh, wine and spirits, but they were they were they both beat industry norms, which is impressive. That's fantastic. And you mentioned the consultant that Wine and Spirits worked with. So for 2023, they worked almost the entire year with the consultant, either identifying or um, ultimately implementing recommendations that came out of the study that the consultants did. It was very in-depth, everything from computer systems to staffing, rewards product, programs, re everything. <clears throat> right. But 2024 is the year for the bar and grill. So we may see even more changes, more um, a higher profit margin. Kind of depends on what the findings are that come out of that right. particular study. But it would be really interesting to see how, you know, how what they do. Uh, one small change um, that got implemented in 24 is brunch on Sundays. Right. Yep. Yeah. Rolling so a, that out. A limited brunch, but... 
another option for folks mm-hmm. um, in town who who may want to uh, head out on a Sunday, late Sunday morning with their family and enjoy some good uh, some good food and yeah, Bloody and Mary maybe and, yeah. Absolutely. So, and, and kind of a sneak preview, they'll be they'll be continuing to work on initiatives in the bar and grill, um, but we're working on some some menu changes and and um, overall operational changes in the evening hours too in the bar area. So okay. um, that's exciting. Uh, not sure quite yet when that will roll out. Uh, you mentioned that it's you know so focused on the bar and grill. One of the initiatives as a result of that is to just work with wine and spirits even better and in coordination, you know, um, some of their marketing initiatives and some of the other things that they can actually partner with to maximize their, their presence and their brand. So that'll be interesting how that happens. Not sure how that's going to look yet, but we're, we're working on it. Wonderful. Well, fantastic. Um, so we talked about the muni profits and traffic safety pan away. It's been a full year. That's for sure. Uh, 2024. Um, any big projects, um, predominant focus areas that the public should be aware of? Yeah, a few things, Mayor. Uh, one is um, we've got we're gonna have. Well, I'll just say this: um, there's there's a couple of projects that I think uh, that are deserve to be mentioned, but we're gonna continue to push just to do everything that we do really well. We're pushing for excellence and that's in every department that we have. And one thing I will say is that um, we have four elections coming up with the the, the new shift in how we operate um, our federal elections, but we also have local elections and we also have primaries and we have a, a county commissioner special election. That's right. Um, I guarantee you that our election process and our leader of our elections, Kathy Leervig, uh, our city clerk, is the best in the business. And anybody that comes to City Hall to vote, and there's a lot of you out there, yes. <laughs> uh, which is great, um, they will have a great experience and um, everything's to order. And uh, so, but that takes a lot of time and energy. So uh, I did want to note that as something that we take very seriously here and um, our, I think our community understands that and sees that. But in terms of specific projects uh, over this next year uh, and that and going towards excellence, uh, our, our staff just read the um, book, good to great. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, one of the focuses in that book or one of the themes is really kind of doing what you do and do it well. And that's what we're really trying to do. Our core services are, you know, I just mentioned elections, but the way we plow streets, the way we maintain and operate Panaway, um, your water, your sewer, um, everything that we do, that we do it well. So above all the projects, that's going to be our, you know, our main focus. In addition to that, um, you know, the big thing will be um, completing Panaway. Sure. Uh, and there's still a fair amount to do with Panaway. Um, as anybody that can see out now uh, during the winter, the, the actual lake walk has been um, installed. There's still some finishing touches that will need to be put on that will take a couple months. Uh, our docks are kind of the last remaining big element of that. Sure. Um, so 
that'll happen, you know, over the next few months as well. And, you know, there'll be pilings and a barge out there too. So, and as you mentioned before, um, there's a lot that goes into that, that most people probably don't see, but that'll, that'll take up a fair amount of staff time. Um, we're going to continue to engage for Clapridge Park. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we engaged, uh, the community last year and now it's really getting, kind of getting that last bit of feedback and moving forward with plans to hopefully construct, uh, as early as next year. And, um, kind of the last big, I would call it, it's not necessarily like a a project that people are going to see, but I mentioned, we discussed briefly about just diversification of revenue and really pulling all the levers available to get other sources of revenue to help decrease the burden on our, our taxpayers. So other sources of revenue beyond property taxes. Yes, that's a great clarification. So what does that look like? Well, it could look like um, uh, looking at the fees that we charge, mm-hmm. especially for like special events, for example. Sure. It could mean parking boats uh, in our in our slips, there are new docks that we create, having a charge for that. It could mean a sales tax for our some of our food and beverage establishments. Um, this is not going to happen like all this year, but moving forward with ways to attract more revenue that are more user based, and it's probably going to mean it's probably going to by and large come from folks that are visiting and not the residents themselves. But how do we, you know, establish some equity in in how things are funded? And right now, it's really I would say lopsided towards um, property taxes because that's the easiest way. Right. Um, but there's a lot of things we can do um, outside of that to increase revenue to pay for the services that our residents want, um, but but charge them or assess them in a more fair way. Absolutely. And something we've talked about at length now for some time, you brought up food and beverage sales tax. Right. As one option. Uh, now, that's not something we can just implement ourselves, right? right? We need permission from the state and it has to go through special, it needs to go through legislation. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so if it is some, if it was something that we could just do, we, you know, we would have proceeded in that direction because as we talked about when we were even contemplating moving forward with something like that, the study of, who was coming to um, enjoy our wonderful restaurants, our food and beverage establishments, 90%. It's 90%, which is the highest. Bar none um, of any community are people from outside of the city limits of Wayzata. Right. And we love having them. Um, But as you mentioned, we were looking at ways of how can we um, establish some level of equity so it's not our property owners in town who are essentially subsidizing all the visitors who are right. are coming to town. And it's not to say that we're trying to get the visitors to pay for everything. It's no. just a, a more fair share. 100%. And, and we still need to engage and, and, and work with our restaurants to make sure that they're still able to thrive. Absolutely. But we're, as, as you mentioned, we're just looking for more equity with that kind of ratio. 100%. And- and in part of that study also was the, um, you know, as we look at surrounding communities, the number of communities that actually have either 
a general sales tax on goods and services um, for specific to their community or food and beverage tax, and sometimes both. Uh, we are pretty much in the minority nowadays um, right. for those types. So it's something we're exploring, right? right? And if um, if we were able to pull the trigger in 24 or 25, you know, there will definitely be a lot more information right. coming yeah. to that. And the same thing with our docs. You mentioned the looking at revenue for um, the docs uh, and basically like parking, right? Pay, right. pay yeah. for pay for parking. Right. Um, the majority of the people who use the docs, I think it's probably pretty fair to say, even though may not have you know an official study right <laughs> um, we've got some napkins that show some numbers but exactly a, back of the napkin estimate is that the majority of the people who are coming to wyzetta via boat right are not going to be residents um and you know uh, again just looking at opportunities that might be there um that don't dissuade people from coming to town um but allow for that equitable division right. of the cost to either maintain or, you know, enhance um, and, as we go. And where there's opportunities for Wyzetta residents to really not be burdened by those fees as well. So for like, you know, for boat parking, if a Wyzetta resident parks a boat, maybe we're able to allow them to park for free with a sticker or something. So we're, we're trying to balance all that. Absolutely. Tax is a four-letter word. We get it. But, yes. But if we can show that we're actually – having a, a a positive, which would be a decrease in the levy or less of an increase because of the sales tax and other mechanisms, I think it can it's pretty compelling. Absolutely. It's fee for use at that point. Right. right? Exactly. If you use it, you pay for it. Uh, if you're not using it, you shouldn't have to pay. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So, well, good. Well, all of this really came out of our discussions that we have every few years in our strategic planning sessions. So can you talk a little bit um, as we come to the conclusion of today's conversation? What's in the 24 to 26 strategic plan? What can people look forward to? Well, there's a lot of goodies. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on to your hats, everybody. Kind of government geeks, you know, like myself, uh, I love it. it. It honestly is the the most important document that we have and the most important meetings that we have because it really sets the foundation of what we want to be and what we want to do. So, and honestly, it keeps the council in check. I like we that. Can- <laughs> I would say it keeps you focused. It does keep us focused. Because you, yes. you guys get a lot of distractions. And if you you know, try to solve every problem with with one solution, sometimes you you look back at the end of the year and you, what really did you solve? You know, a heck of a lot of nothing right at that point. So right. it's really good to, to, you know, have a vision and you, and, and be clear with the council that's in charge that was elected by the people where you want to go. And the strategic plan really shows how you get there and how you get there is done through our values as an organization. What kind of organization do we want to be? Uh, so this summer we went through all of that and yeah. it took, you know, we had the right people in the room at the council with member of the members of the leadership group and a great facilitator who, um, really corralled us and got us to where we needed to go, uh, in terms of, you know, what, what kind of community we wanted to be and what were our priorities that we wanted to focus on. Um, 
in this past year, our priorities, you know, I would say they shifted a little bit and um, we we consolidated a little bit and, and, and really focused on three. The first one was the diversification of revenues. And that gets to what we just talked about with how do we make it more equitable for our residents and lessen the burden on our taxpayers. Um, so it, it, it means residents and our you know, commercial property owners as well. Uh, the next one was achieve and sustain operational excellence. That gets back to just, you know, the good to great, you know, really focus on what you do well and, and do that really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sec- the last one was sustain community character and safety. That's a pretty broad um, initiative, but it's intentional because it encompasses how we develop as a community, our mm-hmm. infrastructure. And then our operations too, and making sure that it's resident focused and we're above all providing a safe community where everybody, regardless of where they come from, feels safe and welcomed. And those three categories, how many initiatives over the course of three years estimate? We have about 40 I think you're you're pretty close, yeah. Yeah, somewhere in there. Give or take five. It's it's in that area, and some of them are a lot more encompassing than others, and will will um, involve a lot more work. But forty is a lot. Um, it is a lot. But I'd rather have you know I'd rather have set the bar high than low, and I and I feel confident that um, we'll accomplish most, if not all. Um, but you know, as you mentioned, uh, you know. As I mentioned, actually, there's a lot of distractions, and I'm quick to, quick to point out when um, a council member may kind of come up to me and say, "Hey, can't we do this?" Well, if we do that, then that might take away a little bit from all these 40 initiatives. And if we really were serious about accomplishing all those 40 initiatives, we might have to say no, or let's punt that for a few years. So it's it's a tough balance. Well, and it can also take away from that high level of service that we for want to sure. preside provide because this is an addition to the day-to-day work. Right. So this is layering on top of the basic fundamental responsibilities that each of those 73 full-time employees has. We're looking to them to contribute to this 40-plus list um, in some form or fashion with their department head um, or just to execute on it. And so some of it's low hanging fruit. Some of it is pretty quick, um, you know, take the boxes, but other initiatives are year, 18 month, two year long right. initiatives because there are so many moving parts to them. Um, and to try and be realistic of how we can get that done, um, with the staff that we have. So, right. and so it's, it's a lot. It is. And we, we take it very seriously, uh, from, the uh, you know couple times a year that we provide progress updates to the council and you know yes. rightfully you hold us accountable to these goals and then with, and the timelines and the timelines mm-hmm. and with me and my staff we we track these you know every few weeks to see where we're at and if things are falling behind is that okay what's the deal if if we're you know if we can check one off then we we celebrate and have you know uh, celebrate our success but then move on to the next one. So, And then there's also the appropriate point in time where we need to reprioritize sure. if the landscape has changed right. in some form or fashion. And so it doesn't mean it falls off the list. Um, and 
you know, maybe 18 months down the road, we relook at things and thought, think, you know, maybe that isn't a priority anymore, or maybe right. we, we don't want to focus on those things. So it, it's a guide. Right. Uh, it's not uh, set in stone necessarily, although uh, we like to stay as true to the timelines and what we say we're going to accomplish as possible. But understanding sometimes there are some outside influences that may impact, For sure. you know, how how we do. So this information is available to um, the public. Um, obviously, it's a public document. Um, and we encourage people to go out and take a look at um, the items that the council felt were important based on the feedback that we've received over the last year or two from the community, right. conversations with staff. Um, but that can be found, um, the entire report, at yzeta.org slash annual report. Uh, in addition to the strategic plan. So right. we have the annual report, which is one document. We have the strategic plan, which you just referenced with the three categories. That's a separate document. But people can search online yeah. for strategic plan and the link will pop up. Correct? Yeah, and they're all related. The annual report really does a good job of summarizing, you know, all of our activities, including what's in our strategic plan. So they're all interrelated and you can find each other or find both of them kind of in the same spots on our website. Fantastic. Well, Jeff, thanks so much. Um, I always enjoy our, our, our talks. I enjoy um, the banter as well. I, I do. I do. <laughs> I know when you talk about government geeks, I think I can officially classify myself as one of them because I always enjoy this conversation. Likewise. Uh, and so thanks so much for being here and I can't wait to see what 2024 brings. Thank you, mayor. And thanks for all you do. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this month's episode of the Mayor Minutes podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite listening app so you don't miss an episode. You can listen to the latest episode and find links to available streaming platforms at yzeta.org slash mayor minutes or stream the video recording on YouTube.